did you rip one? No, it's fucking you. No. Yes, yes, no, no. yes. I smell your, nothing. Your shit ass stag is nothing. coming over here and raping my taste buds. <laughs> it's a sweet game. I mean, if you if you've never played Magic the Gathering, I mean, you're probably uh, more successful with the ladies than I. But, <laughs> but I loved that game. And then it went from an onion to a stick of butter. He literally was chewing on a stick of butter. And then, like, we saw the first, like, reveal trailer for The Last of Us. Fucking <laughs> blew my mind pieces. There's really no way for me to explain this game to you and have it sound as good as it actually is. P.S. This is awesome. All right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS This Is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 164, and this is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I'd like to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash PS This Is Awesome. Visit us on Twitter at PS This Is Awesome and Tumblr, PS This Is Awesome at Tumblr.com. Calm. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PSN, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakescott01. And as always, you can write the show at PS This Is Awesome at gmail.com and you can uh, let us know what you want us to talk about. But most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends and be sure to leave comments. Rate the podcast as you see fit. Mr. Jake Peters, this is a inauguration show for us. We are going to have video for the podcast now so if anyone is listening to the podcast we put a little teaser out on our youtube channel jake and i have decided to do video podcasts if we can get it to work this is a trial by fire kind of situation with this one episode 164 but you guys will be able to watch us have these conversations now on youtube so please subscribe to our youtube channel jake how are you doing today doing good it's friday we uh, decided to start recording on the weekends, which is good because it means that we don't really have to, um, I mean, it's still after work. So we got, you know, we got a little bit of tired going on, but it seems like if we record on the weekend, it gives us a little bit more time to kind of edit things and get things ready to go. And, uh, yeah. So other than that, I mean, I'm doing great, I guess. Good. Glad to hear it, man. Yeah. Same here. I'm happy that we're recording on a Friday evening. It's now 2021 and uh, I'm still kind of diving into games like uh, Cyberpunk. I'm playing, uh, I tried Maneater, which is one of the PS Plus games. Have you tried that? The Shark Game? The PS5. It's a PS5 legit. It's it's like the PS5 version. Yeah, the Shark Game. I thought it looked so stupid, but I started it. I, I've heard that it's basically like Far Cry, but you're a shark and or something like that but it looks interesting a lot of people have said that it's very good or at least entertaining so i've been interested in trying it out i've just had i'm playing so many games right now that i i don't want to dive into something else but i'm interested in trying it for sure yeah yeah that makes sense to me yeah it's uh it's pretty cool i'm surprised at how good the game looks underwater it looks really good and, and it's like one of those games it like a double-A game, that kind of game we lost back in the day. You know what I mean? Like those kind of games that can come out. It just feels that way. It doesn't feel super polished, but it doesn't feel crappy either. And it's uh, it's got some charm to it. It's got a little comedy to it. And I haven't gotten very far in it. I don't know really how far I'm actually going to play it, but it is out there for any PS5 owners. We also got Shadow of the Tomb Raider. We talked about that last episode. And what was the other game we got? Remember? 
for the PS Plus game? Oh, I do. Greedfall. Oh yeah, yeah. It was Greedfall. Yeah, the the RPG. But so, anyways, the only one out of those I've started trying was Man Eater. And yeah, you're a shark. You're like Jaws, and you swim around and you try to like attack beachgoers. So there's some comedy there. And uh, I can see your cat down there, but I don't think anybody else can. Um, She's a little <laughs> shit, is what she is. Yeah. I don't know. The listeners don't want to get too deep into personal stories, but I don't. You can probably see over here. <laughs> I've got all this hockey shit behind me because I play ice hockey. Is one they of can't my even hobbies. see it. It's all cropped out, but it's okay. back there. Yeah. So behind me, there's a bunch of hockey stuff. I have my hockey bag in here, and I take all my crap out of it whenever I'm done playing, so it can air out because you get all sweaty. It gets and, nasty. Uh, right before the podcast, I was cleaning some of that stuff up and uh, found out that the fucking cat pissed inside of my hockey bag. So now I have sure to clean that up after this podcast. <laughs> don't, get, don't get a fucking cat. That's all I got to say. Cats are awesome if you want an animal that you never have to take care of. But if you get one that's kind of ornery, they suck because they just piss on everything. And they like yeah, I can understand fuck. that. I can understand that. But they're, yeah. also, they're also cool, so. Cats. So you're playing hockey. We did have a new, we had a new audience person give our show a shot. And that's why Jake said that apparently we talked to, we, we don't get straight to the games fast enough. <laughs> Somebody had written in, they're like, well, I'm seven minutes in and I haven't even heard anything about games. They were really cool about it. I wrote them back and I said, Hey, you know, give it a shot. We get into it. And uh, sometimes we get carried away talking about our personal lives. You know, we are older adults. It's one of those things where it's kind of fun to, uh, commiserate together about our stupid stories. And, and for instance, I ran out today to pick up some, some groceries from the, you know, you call it in advance in the curbside or whatever. And dude, I haven't left the house in a long time. And I was just so agitated leaving the house. Like I got caught behind cars, uh, you know, people, uh, we, in our city, there are these, all these four way stops that are all just stop signs. Cause they're trying to save on electricity, which is fine. But nobody knows how to use them. We put a new, uh, what are those things called? The circles that you drive around. Traffic circle, yeah. Yeah, we got a tra- we got two traffic circles and nobody knows how to use them, even though they've been in place for like a year and a half now. And it's just been, it took me so long to get up, to get my groceries, to come back to that. Well, I had to pit stop and get gas. And then when I was checking, I was checking out, I was checking out, I had to stop at Giant Eagle to pick up some kale for this, for this, uh, thing I'm doing for the last five days. And I, I went to use my card and I apparently removed the card too soon because I forgot how to exist in, in regular life. I forgot how to exist in the world, right? Because we've been locked up for so long. So I put my card in and I pull it out before it said to remove it. And then it was like, oh, you pulled your card out too soon. So then I put it back in before it said to reinsert the card. And the guy was like, you're going to have to take the card back out, sir. And we got our masks on. So he couldn't tell that I was like kind of like friendly about it. And I think he thought I was pissed off. And I was like, all right, all right. You know, and then I go to put it back in and then it didn't even register the card. The first time it did, the second time it didn't. And then uh, I start like tapping, tapping it, like, you know, make sure it's up in the, in the chip reader. And uh, eventually it registers and then it says chip error. And I, he goes, sir, you're going to have to remove the card again. Try again. I'm like, okay. So I remove the card again and I put it back in and it says chip error. And I'm like, should I just swipe it? And he goes, you have to wait till it tells you to swipe it. And I'm like, okay, okay, perfect. So I put it back in and it doesn't read the card. So then I had to tap it and it reset, I guess, three strikes your route. So when I tapped it on the, on the third 
insert of the card, it reset the system. So it thought it was the first time. And there's this guy behind me just waiting. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is so, so annoying. So eventually I, I realized I got my new debit card. It has like the, the thing where you can just wave it over the screen, right? I've never used them. I don't know how to use it. And I go, well, let me try this. And I, I do this and it acts like it's read my card. And it says, okay, processing. It was like a $10 thing I bought. I bought kale and some cider vinegar or whatever. And then uh, it asked for the pin number and I start putting the pin number in. And before I even got to my fourth digit of my pin number, it says pin incorrect. And I'm like, oh my God, this is unbelievable. And everybody probably just thinks I'm the most incompetent asshole in the store right now. And I'm so frustrated because this is, it literally was like designed to make me pissed off. So I'm like, okay, it was working. Let me try it again. So I go up there and then I type it in. I get it all in, hit enter, and it says pin was incorrect. I'm like, dude, I, I look at the cashier guy. Dude, I don't know what's wrong with your system. I just got gas in my car. The pin is 100% correct. It's been the same pin for the last four or five years. And he goes, okay, yeah, it's a little finicky sometimes. I'm like, okay, a little finicky. I think you guys need a new machine. So anyways, he gives me the some receipt, and then he comes to go to customer service. I'm saying customer service. I'm like, oh, my God, this sucks. I feel so bad for people who are just waiting behind me. He said like three items. Everyone behind me, I'm sure, was like, oh, this guy's going to be in and out real fast. You know, this is the aisle I'm going to pick. And it literally took me like probably 10 minutes at his register. And then they shipped me to customer service. And then they had like the, I don't know what it's called, the, the card reader thing there. And I go, I go to the lady. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. It didn't work over at his register. I'm worried that something's up with my card. And she goes, go ahead and try it. I try it, putting the pin number approved. One try done. I'm like, why don't they fix that thing? That cashier guy clearly was just like, yeah, it's a thing on this aisle. <laughs> it's like your giant eagle. Like get a new thing. Sorry, I'm done. <laughs> so frustrated. I hate integrating back into the world after being like in in the in the hole here for so long. Not me, man. Do you I want like to integrate? Being out about just yeah. safely. Oh, oh man, I, I just I just I don't like people maybe anymore. I'm getting old. Anyways, Jake, are you playing any games right now? What are you playing? Mainly Immortals, Phoenix Rising, for the most part. I'm having a really good time with it. It is a lot of fun. I've actually gotten to it's it's one of those games where it's an open world game and yeah. I'm like I think I'm like nine or ten hours into it. And uh, I've been mostly just running around doing like ancillary things like in the open world. I haven't really even been doing the story. I've been like doing all these chest things, like collecting chests and uh, doing all these puzzles and going into these, they call these vaults of Tartarus, which are like these mini vaults that can be either combat challenges or puzzles. And you get like a, like a resource by doing all these things. So part of the way that you build up your character is you go do all of these different little tasks all over the Island. So completing these puzzles or completing like an archery challenge or completing like a, like a platforming challenge or doing these, these puzzle vaults or beating these enemies or whatever, and, or collecting ambrosia, which helps you like increase your health level and I've just been running around doing all these tasks, just kind of, and it's just been fun doing that, just like running around the world doing all these things. And so I haven't really been, I haven't really felt obligated to move forward. And, yeah. uh, but this morning I just decided I'm going to go ahead and, and continue on with the story. So there's, I think, four gods. There's like four sections, there's technically six sections of the island. 
but there are like four main sections where you have to like unlock these four different sections of the island. And then I think it unlocks like the middle section, which is like where the big bad guy is. So, um, and then there's another section, which I'm assuming plays some role, but I, it's not, I don't know what it's for yet. And, uh, I'm like on the first section and I've just been kind of running around doing all this stuff. One of the things that is cool about it that I really like is that once you, you know, like in Far Cry and in like Dying Light and stuff, I, I don't remember if they do it in Dying Light or not, but you could like climb to the top of a tower and then when you climb up there, you like observe from the tower and then it just like opens a certain part of the map to you. Yeah. Like the like it just pushes back the fog of war to a certain radius around that. Like tower. Assassin's Creed does that too, right? When you, yeah, when you do the hay yeah. jumps and you can get on top of the towers and stuff. Well, the cool thing about this is that it's kind of like dumbed down a little bit in that regard, where when you get into a section of this island, you climb up into this tower and whenever you whenever you I guess observe the area or scout or whatever the term is it actually unlocks or or pushes back the fog of war for the entire section of the island. Oh, that you're okay. on. So yeah. there's like there. What I would say is there's four districts for these four different gods, and then there's a central district for like the main bad guy, and it unlocks the entire like thing that I'm currently in, and it's pretty big. Like I'm really actually kind of impressed by the size of the map, but uh, yeah, I've been really enjoying it. And one of the kind of cool it just for me from a from an open world perspective, being someone that's kind of busy and getting older, open world games are becoming a lot more tedious than they used to be for me. Like I get 100%. kind of, yeah, I kind of get like overwhelmed whenever I go into a game like the Witcher and there's just like a million fucking question marks and there's like all this stuff going on. Don't get me wrong. I love the Witcher, but it can be overwhelming. It's super and, uh, overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm having that issue with cyberpunk, but like, in this game, they give you the ability to like, if you, let's say you just climb up on top of a high point on the map, they give you this ability to like zoom in almost like you have binoculars. And as you like pan around the world, the controller will like vibrate and it'll like, once you get to a, like if you follow the vibration to a point, it'll give you a prompt and you can reveal something on the map, whether it's like a chest or a vault or a puzzle or a challenge. And you can just kind of like get on top of a a high point in a certain area, kind of look in a circle, kind of reveal all this stuff. And then it allows you to just kind of run around and like do all these little tasks. And it's kind of neat as opposed to, you know, not really knowing where everything is. And then you constantly feel like obligated to, check out this entire scenery so that you can make sure that you got everything or whatever. Whereas in this, but don't get me wrong. It takes a little bit of the sense of adventure out of it. Like, like it, you're not running around, like finding stuff organically, which, right. you know, that's something that I want out of a game like Skyrim, for example, I like running around and just living in that world and finding stuff organically. But if it's a game like this where it's, you know, I want to find all this stuff on the map and use them to build my character, I don't want to have to search for it. I want to be able right. to like know where all this stuff is so I can do all of it, build my character up and continue on my way. So, yeah, I've been really, excuse me, I've been really enjoying that. Um, playing Sackboy, The Big Adventure, that's been a lot of fun. One of the things that I didn't mention, I think the last time we were talking about this, is that 
don't know if you heard, but Sackboy has some licensed music in it. I don't no, know if you I knew didn't that. Know that. Wait, and, no, no, wait. I did hear this. Like, like some famous artists, like Rogue yeah. Music, right? So, like uh, Bruno Mars um, is in it. David Bowie's in it. Like, but it's like most of the most of the levels are original music, an original score for the game. But usually, in like one or two levels in every single world is a music level where it is a licensed song. And the entire time you're playing that level, all of the obstacles, all of the bad guys, all of like the shit that you run into, all of it operates in rhythm with the song. And the, ah, and the whole, it, it, it turns it into like a rhythm game. It's so fucking cool. Like I look forward to getting to these levels on the game because it's just like game that's that? just that. We need a game that's just that. I like know. Like, we need a soundtrack too. I'd go nuts. Yeah, there are. I mean, there are levels like games kind of like that. But like, what I would love is if for me, I think what would be cool with this with Sackboy is if okay, you got the game. You know, you've got a few handful of these levels in the reg, the base game or whatever. But then there's DLC content that are levels with more of this music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that would be cool to have like DLC levels that are like, like three bucks or something like that. And it's, you know, it's a level based on this artist or whatever. And I understand that's Love a little bit, elevator by Aerosmith. Right. Right. Or, or whatever, you know, and, uh, or like, but it's just, it's so probably so hard for them to make the levels. It's so much more time consuming than something like guitar hero where they just throw notes at you on the screen. Yeah. And it's probably a little bit, tougher for them to want to go out and do like all these songs to make it work. But not really that said, either. I mean, I've been really enjoying it. And also I've been playing a little bit more destiny too. I haven't played a ton of it, but I've been playing a little bit more of it. Um, yeah. We need to hop back in that, that together. Yeah. Yeah. What are you even playing? Uh, just like I said, cyberpunk 2077, I've done a few side missions in that game again, a couple more. And I had one that was really strange and I'm, I'm, I started like capturing some videos. So maybe I can put it up on the pot on the uh, YouTube channel rather where like things don't quite do what you expect them to do. Like, it, so like I mentioned before, like the map, so like the map in cyberpunk is really big. It's just like the, the map in Witcher, except a little smaller, but it's more verticality. It's got more. And on a side note, if you've ever driven through Pittsburgh, and you hate driving through Pittsburgh, it's exactly what driving in Night City feels like because they have these winding bridges and one-way roads and, like, they all lead to different objectives. And if you miss one, you have to drive, like, the whole way around the, the city to get back to where you want unless you want to break, like, traffic rules and just circle around. It's really frustrating. But I understand, like, I almost think that they probably looked at traffic in Pittsburgh and learned from that because Pittsburgh, if you've ever been there, like, there, there, there's all this water, there's all these different bridges, and the entire transportation of Pittsburgh is just crazy. And the people that I know, my friends who live there, just say, oh, it's nothing. You know, it's not a big – you get used to it. But I, it's, I've been to so many big cities on tour and stuff, and Pittsburgh is my least favorite to drive around, like 100%. And like driving around in Night City and Cyberpunk feels like you're driving around in Pittsburgh. We're back to the story anyways. So it's, it's like one of these things where – the map zooms out and I talked about it briefly in the last episode where it gives you like an exclamation mark and you just don't know what you're going to find there. But what it turns out those are, there are fixers in the game and the fixers are people that will call you up every every once in a while and say, hey, by the way, V, hey, got, there's this guy, you know, there's a job, I need you to do this or that. But all these side jobs that these fixers give you display on the map as exclamation marks. 
So you can just go to these exclamation marks to trigger the events, right? To trigger the phone call. So when you roll up, and I don't know if this is a bug or if this is the way it's supposed to work, but when you roll up to one of these exclamation marks, you can see like maybe what the enemy, the enemies are outside loitering, hanging out. And you're like, I don't want to get out of the car because as soon as I get out of the car, they're going to attack me or I'm going to make, my, make myself known. If I'm trying to go in stealth, but you have to get close enough to trigger the phone call, but the phone call from the fixer never happens if you're in your car. You literally have to drive up to the waypoint. They won't call you while you're in the car. You have to step out of the car and your phone will miraculously ring every time. And then you have to like get back in the car. You don't have to, but it seems like that's what you should be doing. And then they get on the phone like, hey, by the way, you know, there's this guy in, you know, I don't know. It's just so weird that like I feel like the vehicles in this game have been set, weren't really, weren't really developed. The game wasn't developed, I don't think, with vehicles in mind. I, I feel like there was a push at one point in this game for the vehicle travel to be user. I think maybe because the Witcher, like you're on a horse, right? And the UI for Cyberpunk is essentially the exact same UI for for The Witcher. Like so, like it's clunky feeling. It feels a little outdated. There are fast travel points in this game. You can't just fast travel anywhere. And the map's big enough that you want to fast travel, but in order to do it, you have to go find like a subway, uh, like a bus stop, and then you get to the bus stop, and then you can pick another bus stop. They are conveniently placed. I'll say that. But back to the side mission. I, I found the side mission, and it was this guy, and he had kind of like an uh what do you call those things he's like a vendor like a hot dog vendor a noodle vendor or something and you go and you order some noodles from him or whatever you order from him and he goes hey you know you look like a badass you know I, i've got a problem you know these these kids have been messing with me or whatever and i'm, I'm having a trouble with them you want to help me out and you know, the option say yes or no so i said yeah i'll help you out and then he, he, you follow him and there's like two guys trying to steal his motorcycle and he's like talking shit on them they're like well yeah we're pissed at you too yada 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 and then you have a choice to do what you want to do. And I had a choice to take these dudes out, right? So I said, okay, I'll just take these guys out. I took them out. But then the NPC guy that gave me the mission just disappears. Like, I don't know if he they killed him or if he ran away. But like, and then it was like mission accomplished. But I got nothing out of it. Like nothing. So it just sounds like it's a bug. But I don't know if that's the way it was designed. Maybe maybe he did die and if had I let him live. Like, I don't know. It was just confusing. So I'm having a lot of instances like this in the game where I'm just kind of like, ah, I like the game. Don't get me wrong. It, it, there's a great game in here somewhere. But there, it's, it's still, the more I play these other games like Destiny 2 and Spider-Man Miles Morales, the bugginess and, and the, the glitchiness and like, it does have like the fallout syndrome of it feels like you have to extend your imagination a little bit more to believe the world you're in. And it's weird because with the next gen, it's I'm not playing the next gen game, but it's just weird because I, I didn't want that to be the case. You know, like in fallout, like there are just weird things that happen, like glitches, like you kill a guy and like he's half in and out of a building. Like his limbs are like, you know what I mean? Like weird, like, layer popping and stuff like this happens in this game a lot. And I hope that it's stuff that CD project red can resolve, but Hey, while we're on the topic of this, the cyberpunk news just keeps coming. I have a news point here, Jake, that for those not aware, someone claiming to be a developer or to have had part in the development of cyberpunk 2077 posted something on game facts and it started building a lot of steam and they were going on and saying stuff to the effect of like cyberpunk is getting a patch that's going to make the game complete. It actually wasn't released complete. The whole vision isn't, isn't even what they released. And most, most buildings now, cause if you played the game cyberpunk, a lot of the buildings 
lot of the buildings are the door. They look great. And Cyberpunk and the Night City looks great. But like a lot of the buildings you can't even access. You go to the doors and it just says locked. So like you can't even loot them. You can't do anything in these buildings. The only buildings you can really go into is, is are like the vendors, the people who are going to sell you clothes, the people who are selling equipment or like the uh, the guys that do your cyber stuff. I forget what they're called. Ripper doctors, Ripper docs. Or unless it's like a mission, maybe a strip club here and there you can get into. But most of the buildings you can't even get into. And it's weird because the game seemed like it was going to be much more than that. So this guy got on game facts and he started saying, Oh yeah, no, no, no. You know, they're planning on releasing a patch in the middle of 2021. That's going to allow pretty much every building to be rummaged through. It's going to open up all these different opportunities. There's going to be additional quests coming that were excluded because the writing wasn't quite done on them. So CD project red usually doesn't offer commentary on, on conjecture about their stuff, but being as how I think, where they're at right now, they didn't want expectations to rise again and then have this patch not offer all the stuff. Because this this guy on GameFAQs, like, this this post generated a lot of talk and a lot of steam. So CD Projekt Red came out and they said, listen, we're outright denying, like, this guy's post is not true at all. They said, usually we don't comment on this stuff, but this is not the case. So... To make it clear, like all those things that people were hoping for, um, looks like aren't really going to be happening on the patches. Like the game is the game that we're going to get, except the bugs are going to be worked out, I think. It may get there eventually. I think they just need to focus on making the game fucking work before they make the game better and deeper. Better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you know, we're going to get DLC on it for sure. So that's kind of exciting to me. Yeah. But, but anyways. I don't know if you saw this, but there's a that game Outriders. It was scheduled to come out in February. Did you see anything about this game? The name it's getting super familiar. It's getting published by Square Enix, and it is kind oh, of like this a, is that this is that like a shared world shooter kind of thing, looter shooter thing. Yeah, yeah. it's called it's called Outriders. Uh-huh. It's actually it's actually uh, being developed by ah, I forget who it was. I had it here, but anyways, we're getting a free demo. Uh, oh, people! People can fly is the name of the developer, but we're getting a free demo next month for this game, and the game was actually pushed back until April. So that's probably good. I mean, hopefully, some people learn some lessons from the cyberpunk debacle, and they don't release garbage. You know what I mean? I, I mean, how many times though? I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't know if this game is going to be any good. I don't know how it can compete in the same. I don't know how any game can complete compete in the same realm as Destiny, but. It's made by the people can fly. Also made Bulletstorm, which is a pretty fun game. So I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they'll maybe they'll add some of that kind of flair to this game to make it a little bit interesting. I just don't like looking at some of the imagery and stuff. Like it just looks, you know, kind of generic in a world where you have destiny. So I, I'm hoping that I'm wrong and then it ends up being really good. I'll probably, I'll probably try the demo out, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's going to be free in February. And I don't know if it's going to be PS5 or PS4 or both. I don't. I, I didn't see anything on that. But that's something to look forward to in February because I don't think there's a lot of stuff coming out in February. You know, you and I both talked about Returnal coming out in March and being excited about that. But also, did you see, uh, you know, Hitman 3 is coming out this month. Did you see what they're doing with Hitman 3 about including the, the previous games? I heard about that. That's pretty cool. I, I mean, I guess you have to own them. If you own them, you can you can in, 
port the levels into Hitman 3 so that you have like under one game installation, you would have all the levels from Hitman 1 and 2 as well, which you're is pretty certain, awesome. You're certain you have to own them. 100%. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I don't know that. I don't know if that's positive. I don't know if I'm positive on that, but I'm pretty sure that you have to own them. And I think one of them we got for PS Plus. I think it was the first one. Yeah. And, and we got another one on PS Plus afterwards. Not sure about that. It might have been like yeah. a, like a remake of one of them. Might have been. One I don't know. It was like the one that you had to download the additional missions, like the the missions. You had to download the missions individually. That was the first season, the first one. Wait, the first the first Hitman, the first of the new Hitman was oh, the new Hitman. Okay, okay, I got you. All right, so there's like a new canon going on with yeah. the series. Okay, all right, but I thought it was kind of cool, and if anyone's interested. I, IO Interactive had indicated that they were really working on getting the download size of this game down because of the inclusion of the other two Hitmen, which made me think that maybe it was just included with Hitman 3. It may but, be, well, it's probably, it could be like a Destiny thing where it's included in your – whether or not you have access to it, it's installed on your machine. And then right. if you own it, it will unlock for you, kind of like Destiny with the expansions. Yeah, so that is kind of cool. So you don't have to have all the different games maybe installed in your system. You can have them all on that game if you if you own them all. But they're saying that they got the download size down to like 100 gigs. which It's pretty is good, for, like, it's pretty good like, for free AAA games, basically. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, you think of like 100 gigs, man. That's so much. That's so much still. Yeah, um, that's a lot. I think that's what that's the original the Destiny install was. That's, yeah, that's like the old person in me, though. All right, two, uh, one more news story, and then we can look at this other thing about games coming to 2021 that you and I were going to talk about. Dude, I remember, just real quick, I remember yeah. when I was in high school, the first game that I ever installed that was over one gigabyte was Diablo 2 was like 1.01 gigabytes to install on your hard drive. And I thought that that was fucking astronomical, that it was so large. And now it's like common for games to be like 80 gigs, 90 gigs. And we, everybody, I mean, I don't know if everybody was, I know that like there are certain crowds of people that were hoping, even they were like technical people, like programmers that were saying that with the, this might've even been a Mark Cerny thing with the, the amazing speed of the SSD, they can program these games in a way that they don't have to be that large. Cause a lot of the reason why the game is so large is because in order to make it load faster, they, the installation includes like 9,000 copies of the same asset. So like if you're running, you know, you're running through a room and it's got like, you're like, a, a, let's say you're running through a, a level and it's got the same door in it like 15 times instead of just, reusing the same at reloading the same asset over and over again they just include it fucking 15 times in the install so that the, it loads faster and That's but crazy. i mean these are this is all the trickery that they use to get around like you know making a game, game run shitty like last of us 2 on ps4 i'm assuming they did tons of this stuff to try and yeah. get a game that good to run on hardware that old but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, i mean i i i hope hopefully someday at the very least, the install sizes don't astronomically increase. Maybe they'll just kind of stay the same, even though the games will get better because of the SSD stuff. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say. And the weird thing is, if you ever watch anything about game development, like in those 
three D games, like not the platforms, but the three D games where you feel like you have some space, some spatial stuff around you. First person, whether third person games, whatever three D games. You like I always just assumed like it's the illusion that that world's there, but like you're only ever seeing like the only thing the game is ever really generating is the shit right in your viewpoint. Like so, like you know the stuff behind you. The it's not computing like what's behind you while you're looking forward. Like it's not displaying that. It's not in this virtual space that exists. And it's so weird for me to grab wrap my mind around that because it took me a long time to realize that until I saw some video on YouTube. I was like, wait, what? Like, it's not like, I'm not really there. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's weird, but yeah, you're right. There's a lot of tricks, man. There's, there's a lot of tricks. So according to push square, the writer for dying light Two has left the studio. Dying light two is being developed by Techland, and <clears throat> Techland indicated that this anticipated re- release is still in development, but it's kind of crazy to me, Jake, that we haven't seen much or heard much about it, about this. Now the guy's name is Powell. Sellinger, Sellinger, Sellinger. He was with the company for 22 years and he was involved in the original Dying Light. Now, I think his tweet about this seems a little sarcastic and a little kind of like eh, like, a, like a middle finger to Techland in a weird way and like an uppity kind of like, I'm going to bury it in here. I'm just speculating, but I'm going to read his tweet to you real quick. You don't even think this sounds. After over 22 years, I decided to end my cooperation with Techland. I want to express my gratitude to the company that has allowed me to develop and fulfill myself for half of my life. Techland, I will always be rooting for you as well as the great people I have met. Thanks to you. I wish, I wish you that dying light Two and subsequent projects will become world hits. Goodbye and good luck. Exclamation mark. I mean, it sounds to me like he's English is just not his first language. So, So it's probably just, you know, him just bumbling the language a little bit. That's why it kind of sounds a little goofy, but uh, right. I'm sure it's fine. I don't know what the fuck is up with this game because Dying Light 2 was announced like forever ago and I was really looking forward to it because the first Dying Light is awesome. So yeah. in the game, like the, the stuff that they showed about Dying Light 2 looked really good. So I was really looking forward to it. And like you said, we haven't heard anything for so long that I've straight up fucking forgotten about this game until now the writer left and now the writer left. Now, now that might not be much by now, right? That might not be because it's better be fucking written by now. It's been like forever. So I think it's been like six years since dying light came out. It's going to fall into that proverbial developmental hell situation. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going on with this game. Hopefully they reannounce it. As like a PS5 game, maybe at E3 this year or something. Yeah, but we'll see. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it still, but the longer it takes and the less they talk about it, the the more I wonder if it's ever going to come out. To be honest with you, well, I'm going to be honest too. It's it's one of those games that I just completely forgot about. I forgot that it was even happening, and we'll probably continue to forget about it until they actually show some stuff or more people leave Techland Studio. Then maybe we'll hear about it on the news. So, Jake, Push Square is a site that I've told our listeners time and time again. We love going to it. It's a great PlayStation website. It's all PlayStation-focused. They had a poll for their viewers, and it's it's titled The 10 Most Anticipated PS5, PS4 Games of 2021 as voted by you. And I thought it would be kind of fun to go through these 10 lists, and you and I can maybe talk about, gauge our excitement for each one. one, one. Are, you, are you down for this? Sure. We'll start, we'll start the least anticipated of the 10. 
on their website. So least anticipated, number 10, number 10 by Push Square viewers is Far Cry 6. 2% of the, of the voters, voters, voters are anticipated for Far Cry 6. Opinions on this? You're talking about the for our anticipated games for 2021? Correct. Yeah. So Far Cry 6, I mean, that seems kind of low to me. I mean, I'm looking at the list too because this is on Push Square, right? Yeah, Push Square. Yeah, so I'm looking at it right now, and to me, I I'm just look. Let's just go through the whole fucking list, and then we'll talk about it because I don't agree with the order of this list at all. I'm just saying. So go ahead, and just read the whole list, and then we'll talk right. about it. All right, all right. There is a little bit of delay on the Zoom call, just so you know. We are recording this weird for the for the YouTube channel, so we're just gonna roll with it. Maybe we can edit and post if it's getting weird. It just started getting a little funky. So Far Cry 6 is number 10. Mass Effect Legendary Edition is number 9. Kenna Bridge of Spirits is number 8 with 4% of the votes. Gran Turismo 7 with 4% of the votes is at number 7, fittingly. Cyberpunk for the PS5 on uh, 2077, sorry, is 5% of the votes at number 6. Now, Resident Evil Village, 6% of the votes at number 5. Hogwarts Legacy, another game I forgot about, coming in at number four with six percent of the votes. But it's kind of it's got a few more votes than Resident Evil Village, maybe like forty more votes. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart with twelve percent of the votes at number three, and Horizon Forbidden West with eighteen percent of the votes at number two, and finally and ultimately with thirteen hundred votes. Number one anticipated PlayStation 5 game for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4 game for 2021 is probably predictable. God of War Ragnarok with 19% of the votes. Now, I will say that I'm not surprised by the top five at all. I mean, I think that it's pretty, pretty expected. Those are fine. Those are fair. Yeah, God God of War and Horizon were definitely going to be one and two. Although I could have seen Ratchet and Clank squeaking in there. Because I'll be honest with you, I'm personally more excited than for Ratchet and Clank than either of those top two titles. Just because, right. you know, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I'm sure Horizon and God of War are both going to be fucking amazing. But I am just super stoked about... Ratchet and Clank, which is the first true next-gen game that Sony is making. Both Horizon and God of War are going to be PS4 titles. So they're going to be, you know, they're going to be hamstrung a little bit by the hardware restrictions. And I'm not, that doesn't mean they're not going to be good games. Not everything is about, you know, graphics and all that kind of stuff, even though I'm sure they'll still look good. But Ratchet and Clank is fully taking advantage of the new hardware and the SSD and everything and doing all this crazy shit by like loading in these worlds like instantly and all stuff. I think it's just going to be a much more next level experience. And that's why that would be number one for me. Um, I would probably swap resident evil and Hogwarts. If I was going to switch those two, or if I was looking at four and five, I am really excited for Hogwarts. I'm not even like know. a huge Harry Potter fan, but it looks yeah, me cool. Too. I don't even like Harry Potter. And, I hate Harry Potter. Yeah. But, uh, resident evil village, resident evil eight, I guess you can call it. Um, 
it's going to be awesome, probably. Resident Evil 7 was like a breakthrough in survival horror games over the past so many years. So I'm really stoked to see what goes on with Resident Evil. It seems like they're really going forward with the story of, I can't remember the main character of, Res- of uh, Resident Evil 7. I think his name was like Alex or Adam or, or something like that. Looks yeah, like they're Adam, moving. Adam or Andy or Alex, yeah. Yeah, but I think they're moving forward with him and it's just a continuation, just as, you know, so long down the road after Resident Evil 7 and like some crazy shit happened. Like it, it seems like it's going to be awesome. Resident Evil games always are. I'm super excited. Um, and then as far as like the bottom five, you're talking, you got it's six cyberpunk, seven Gran Turismo, eight bridge of spirits, nine massive mass effect and 10 far cry six. I think of all of those, I would have far cry at the top. So far cry at six, then or maybe Cyberpunk. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Cyberpunk I'm excited for, but dude, the... the it was a shit show. The release was such a shit show. It's just everything has just shot holes in my excitement for playing Cyberpunk. Don't get me wrong. I'm still excited to play it, and I'm still going to pick it up when it comes out for PS5. But just all that I've heard from you and from everybody else and all the shit I've read online, all the reviews, all the videos I've watched, I've watched so much shit about cyberpunk trying to decide if I want to play it. And I'm not saying that it deserves a four out of 10, you know, based on what I've seen just because, you know, the that last gen versions ran so shitty and all that kind of stuff. But like, I'm just really nervous that I'm going to get into it and I'm going to have all these experiences like you're talking about that are just going to drag me right out of it. Like the just getting in and out of the car so you can answer your fucking phone and, you know, bad guys falling through walls and like having to reload saves because cars of falling out of the air. Yeah. Cars falling out of the air. I saw one. Uh, I saw one um, glitch where. This where the the guy was on the street and he it was at nighttime and he was looking and there were three parked cars on the street and he was looking at the center car and he would turn around in a circle and every single time he would turn around it would be a different car parked in the center between the two cars on the street. It was just like this is random shit like and so like you know we don't have to talk about cyberpunk immersion but, breaking but I just like I'm so I would say even though I'm really excited to play it. I'm a little more excited for Far Cry 6 because I know what I'm getting with that. I know what it's going to be. I know it's going to be good. It's very unlikely that it's going to be broken. Ubisoft games are very rarely broken. And uh, the game that I'm playing now, uh, uh, Immortals, is also a Ubisoft game. And it's just at at launch. There's no problems with it. Nothing that I can find. Um, So, But of the rest of them... Probably the next would be Kenna Bridge of Spirits because it's a new IP and I'm, it looks kind of interesting and kind of fun cool. to play, you know? And then uh, Mass Effect because I like Mass Effect a lot. Um, and then probably the last on the list is Gran Turismo just because I'm not a sim racer guy. So I always like watching footage of these games because they, they always stretch the graphics of the hardware. But uh, I just, I don't have the... I don't have the patience to kind of patience. learn the sim racer. Like we were, I was talking, I know it's been probably a couple months now, but I was talking about how I was playing that MotoGP game where it's like, it's like, it's like Gran Turismo, but for motorcycles. And it's so fucking hard. 
Like I, I was looking at, you know, how, like in the PlayStation Five, you can see how long you've played all your games or whatever. I don't know if you knew this, but you well, can I don't go to like how to do that. So if you on the PlayStation Five, if you press the PlayStation button, go over to your icon, your your avatar, click on profile, and then when you get to your profile, click on games. And it'll show a list of all the re- the games that you've played, and it'll put the t- amount of time that you've played all of these games. Back through PS4, PS3, I, they've been keeping track of it forever. It just so happens to be now on PS5, it actually shows you. And so... Oh, uh, I can't wait to see The Witcher. Yeah, just check it out. I think for The Witcher, I had like 250 hours or something like that. Um, but, uh, oh man, mine's got to be ridiculous. Thing. Yeah. So, but I was looking at, to get back to the conversation, I was looking at my thing for MotoGP and I, I played it for like 20 hours and in 20 hours I completed either three or four races in 20 hours in the campaign mode. Because don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't know if you've ever played like a rate, like a, like a, like a Grand Prix game like that, but there's usually like, there's like three practice sessions and then there's two or three qualifying sessions and then you do the race and that's for every single race. And so, and in between, because it's a sim game in between all the practice sessions and the qualifying sessions, you're like tweaking your bike and changing your suspension and doing all the shit. And like, and then you get out there and you just fucking crash because the game is so hard. And then it just like, you have to start the race. It's just annoying as hell, but I, I like it. I, I want to love it. I want to be able to sit down and play. I just don't have the patience to like get good at it. So that's why Gran Turismo is number 10 for yeah, me. Or the time. I don't, I don't know what your, what your take is. I guess I kind of took over that conversation. I don't know what your take is on the list, but that's kind of yeah, how I feel I about disagree. it. I'm real excited. Yeah, I'm real excited for God of War Ragnarok. I think that game's going to be great regardless of it being a PS4, PS5 version. I think the first one was just so well made and so polished that like we really got something special there. I think that that's going to be great. It's going to be a continuation of the story. For those who weren't excited with how The Last of Us single player turned out, I think we're going to be uh, treated with God of War Ragnarok. As far as Cyberpunk 27, we kind of talked about that. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, the... The aquarium had a couple holes shot through it, and, and it's leaking water fast. Uh, I think Resident Evil Village is probably – that and Ratchet are probably the two on my list. They would come underneath – well, no. I would say Ratchet one, and then for me personally, it would probably be God of War, then the Village, just because those scary games get under my skin, but I love them. So, that's so you would have Resident Evil over Horizon? Yeah, I think so. I didn't like Horizon as much as like a lot of I loved it. Don't get me wrong, I liked it, but I, I felt like the story was kind of weak. I can I mean I can I wouldn't say that I agree with you just for my own opinion, but I can see that perspective. I definitely I mean I played through yeah. it and I know that even though I platinumed the game, I really liked it. Um there is some stuff yeah. that yeah, I did definitely too. were a little bit story wise, it was a little bit kind of tough to follow or it was a little vague or, or whatever. Now I'm kind of hoping that when they take their second swing at it, the sophomore approach is going to be, you know, a lot of these games, the first one is, is like pretty good and it gets people really interested and the second one just blows it out of the park. So I'm hoping that their sophomore album as it were is good, but you never know with any of these games, even God of War, there's speculation that Corey Barlog isn't even heading up 
god of the next god of war. And if that's the case, then it's possible that it might not be as good as the first one, at least from a story perspective. So we'll have to see. But I, I could definitely, dude. I agree with you when I when I look at this list and I look and I see Resident Evil and I see Horizon. I get more excited when I see Resident Evil, but I know that yeah, Resident Evil is one of those games that it's like you got to be in the mood for it because it's just going to stress you out the whole time you're playing it, but in a good way. But I know like Horizon, I could probably pick that up any time and play it and have fun. Yeah, I got to be careful too about wanting more open world games, kind of like what we were talking about earlier in the show, how, how they seem overwhelming. And I think Horizon is going to have the open world game factor again. God of War was kind of open world in the first one. So are they going to just go straight open world in the new one? So something like Resident Evil or something like Ratchet and Clank, you know, will be a good game to offset that that frustration of feeling the need to complete stuff or feeling overwhelmed with those bigger games. So that's my take on it. But yeah, that's a pretty cool list. I think there's definitely some more other games. You know, if I'm being completely honest, Returnal's on my list. I'm so excited for Returnal. Yeah, I'm surprised that's not on there. I guess maybe because it's a new IP from a smaller studio, people just aren't really looking forward to it, I guess. But it looks awesome. Like, if you've looked at a trailer for that game, it looks fucking awesome. So, I until you said something, I forgot yeah. about it. But yeah, I'm stoked to play Returnal. I mean, I think people maybe are a little bit worried put- that it's a $70 game or whatever coming out of Housemark, but I think it'll be great. Yeah, I mean... I watched this developer interview with them talking about Returnal and they were talking about having spatial awareness in the 3D version. So a lot of their games are about dodging incoming fire. If you think about a lot of their games, like Resident Evil, you're constantly dodging stuff. You're bobbing and weaving, Matterfall. Those games, like you're constantly, that's what their games are like. And they said that they're trying to bring that element into the third person perspective in a 3D world. And they, while the game will have some indicators and stuff, they want you to learn how enemies attack and kind of gain this player awareness of like not paying a hundred percent attention to everything that's in front of you to build a dodge incoming fire and incoming attacks and stuff. So that seems kind of interesting from a gaming perspective. It could be wildly frustrating if it's not executed right, but I think it's really interesting. I don't know. I just hope they don't go as deep as making it like this dark souls like adventure where you have to know like the cadence of every fucking enemy in the game. Otherwise you just die. You know what I mean? Cause I hope that no, I, mean, they, yeah, they, they, I was going to say they can make it, they can make it like that. The combat like that, as long as it's not like just Uber punishing, you know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be nice if it was a little forgiving, like some happy medium, you know, but We'll see, but Returnal's still on my list. One of my most anticipated games. Um, we have new games coming this week, Jake. What is today? Um, this already happened. So January 4th, we've got Madden NFL 21, Superstar Edition for PS5 and PS4, Mana Spark on PS4, and then January 7th, which I believe was yesterday. So by the time you hear this, these games should be out. Arcade, Archives, Rodland, Blacksmith of the Sand Kingdom, and Iris Fall. So that's all I got for the show. I think this is a good trial run, trial by fire with the video podcast. I think there's going to be maybe some editing glitches. So if you're watching this on YouTube and things don't sync up quite right, I'm going to just leave the precursor on here now. This is us trying new software, new techniques, 
to put the podcast out there to get some more people with some interest in the podcast. So if you've been a long time listener and you want to see what Jake and I actually look like, you can go onto YouTube and check it out and put a face to the sound. Sometimes that freaks me out when I, when I actually see what somebody looks like when I hear them on podcast for a long time. And then like, I see a picture of them, for example, Aaron Mankey, the guy who does lore and he does uh, Aaron Mankey's Kevin of Curiosity is a really great podcast. When I saw him, I was like, ah, not what I thought he would look like. And it was yeah. kind of off-putting in a weird way. This shouldn't have been at all, but that's just how I felt. So if you guys want to take a look at our ugly mugs, you can do that. But most importantly, make sure you write the show at PS. This is awesome at gmail.com. Send any kind of inquiries or questions or gaming related stuff to the to the channel, to our email, and we'll be happy to talk about it. Jake, did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about before we? Did you? Did you? I was just looking at Push Square because you were we were on there talking about that other that other article, but they have a, a poll up right now yeah. for the best PS4 first party exclusive of the generation, and uh, I didn't realize this was there were this many there were this many first party exclusive titles on the mm. PS4, so. Just, I don't know if, if you've seen if you see this article or not, but the list is Alienation, Animal Force, Astrobot Rescue Mission, Blood and Truth, Bloodborne, Bound, Bravo Team, Chim Party, Concrete Genie, Dark Eclipse, Days Gone, Dead Nation, Apocalypse Edition, Derecine, Doki Doki Universe, Drawn to Death, Dreams, Drive Club, Drive Club VR, Erica, Flat, Fat Princess Adventures, Far Point, Firewall Zero Outer, Fanatics. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, God of War, God of War 3 Remastered, Gravity Rush, Gran Turismo, Hidden Agenda, Hohokam, Hustle Kings, Immortal Legacy, The Jade Cipher, Infamous First Light, Infamous Second Son, The Impatient, Killzone Shadowfoe, Not Knack, Knack 2, Knowledge is Power, The Last Guardian, The Last of Us Part 2, The Jesus. Last of Us Remastered. I'm just at the M's. Marvel's Iron Man VR, Marvel's Spider-Man, Matterfall, Medieval, MLB The Show 20, The Order 1886, well, probably all the MLB the shows, okay? The Order 1886, PlayStation VR right, World, right. Ratchet and Clank, Resogun, Riggs. What? I said just pass over the MLB stuff. Yeah, just yeah it, it, and then uh, so like Shadow Beast, Shadow of the Colossus, Starblood Arena, Tearaway Unfolded, That's You, Uncharted 4, Thief's End, Uncharted The Lost Legacy, Until Bl- Dawn, Until Dawn, Rush of Blood, and Wipeout Omega Collection. That is a fucking list. Which was awesome. I mean, it's cool that they have... There could be movies about any of those. Yeah, it's cool that they have all these games that are first-party exclusives. I mean, that's over the course of seven years, so I guess they would have a lot of titles. But that averages probably, like, I I don't know, like, seven games a year? Seven, eight games a year, first party yeah, titles. I mean, that's pretty good as far as the release. I mean, it's, it's maybe not as much as the PS3 generation, but there's some great games on this list. Not their first rodeo. Yeah. yeah so. And I'm excited to see what they bring to PS5, man. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm still Yeah. Maybe we can have a. Mi- Maybe we can have a throwback episode about some of our favorite PS4 games. Wait, we already did that. <laughs> so on a quick note, though, before I announce the closing musical track, which we if you're in a band or you make music, feel free to send us an MP3 if you want us to put it on as a closing track for, this, for the podcast. This next one, I think you guys are really dig. But if you are watching on YouTube, I'm not going to be including the music tracks on the YouTube uh, post because we do get uh, copyright strikes on these. And we did on the last one. 
So don't forget, if you're watching on YouTube, you can download and or stream the podcast on your preferred podcast platform. But to close out the show, I've got a track from a band called Fast Fall, and the song is called Chasing Fame. And you can search for Fast Fall on Spotify or any other streaming platforms most likely, but give them a listen and enjoy. And I do have some musical connections, so hopefully we can get a lot of different kind of – there's like three or four other songs already on the backlist for this. So we got some music to come up on the future shows. So it's kind of fun to share some of these indie musical bands, songwriters, whatever on the show and, and give give our listeners something different to listen to. So I'm happy to show you guys Fast Fall and like Earth Defense Force – Enter the Gungeon, and everybody's gone to the rapture. P.S. This is awesome. Yeah.